Welcome everybody to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast presented by Rocky Mountain Sports Network. I'm your host, Jacob Burke, and we're doing a duo pod today. I got Glenn Carlson on with me. How are you, sir? Hey, good, Jake. How's it going, Nuggets Nation? I'd say Nuggets Nation isn't feeling too well right now, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, little rough stretch on the road and, uh, you know, not just losses, but some ugly losses too. And so I think there's some concern in Nuggets Nation for sure. Yeah, and to start it off, the last time we recorded, we were waiting to see the Orlando game, which you had told me you were nervous for. I guess you had a good reason to be because we dropped that one, 124 to 119. That game, I felt like in the beginning, we would have some sort of hold on it, even though it sort of unraveled, uh, similar to what I felt like happened with the Rockets game, not this last one, but the one before the Magic game. Mm -hmm. And one of my first notes on that game was that Porter was very aggressive early on. And so that gave me confidence because we had really been struggling to score. And then, of course, our defense was just non-existent. And, you know, it was a it was a close game to start. But you know, what what made you nervous to begin with and what did you see that might have kind of confirmed those those nerves? You know, the, when we talked about it, uh, gosh, probably a week, 10 days ago, um, the Magic did not have a great record at that point. And I just didn't really think that their record was indicative of the talent of that team. Um, we quickly found out after that, after we talked about that, uh, that, you know, the Magic won four in a row all of a sudden. And I, now I think they've won six in a row uh, going into tonight, uh, tonight. And they absolutely annihilated the Pacers. Uh, right before they played us. And I just, you know, the Magic were firing on all cylinders. Uh, we weren't firing on very, million, very many cylinders at all. And just one of those, uh, I don't even want to want to call it bad timing, but um, just one of the ones where I just thought we were going to get beat. And uh turned out to be true. Um, you know, I think we were right there. In fact, we led coming out of the first half. But yeah. Just it still didn't even really feel like one of those games that we were going to pull out. And uh, it was a great game. I mean, as far as basketball goes, it was really exciting. But, you know, the Magic just just kind of beat us down the stretch. We had some kind of silly defensive lapses down at the end uh, in the last three to four minutes. And, yeah, sure enough, you know, Magic kept on rolling. Yeah, that one started off really weird, a little, kind of a low-scoring game to start. It seemed like a – like. Every game is a game of runs, but that game was like only runs. It almost, uh, at least in the first half, for a period, they one of the teams would be going on the run and the other team wouldn't be scoring. And they had jumped out on us, and we had brought it back until I believe it was um, Brown had gave, gave up an and one, and that's when Orlando uh, took a, a lead of 22 to 21. And I felt like, we might have not capitalized as much in that first quarter because Porter had went out early with foul trouble. He picked up a second foul during that quarter. But we saw him come in early um, with the bench um, around the 10-minute mark, I believe, and he immediately came in and scored and kind of felt a little bit better. But, you know, the bench wasn't, like, as bad as they have been in some other games in that game. But I felt like even with that, the starters just still didn't weren't as dominant as they as they normally are. Yeah. Um, 
is kind of interesting because Brown, I thought, played a decent game, but a bad defensive game. He ended up going uh, minus 13, the worst plus minus on the team. And all the starters were in the positives in a, a five-point loss. Coming out of halftime, I felt like we'd just kind of taken our foot off the gas again. And then we were playing catch-up again with them into the fourth quarter. And it was just sloppy. Some really bad shots by AG, I thought, in that one. Oh, He's yes. been taking some questionable ones to me. Um, and even though, you know, Jokic had a, a dominant performance, obviously that's a young team, so I kind of expected that. And he gets his triple-double going 30, 12, and 12. Uh, or 13 and 12 and Porter came along with them, but man, I don't know what it was. They're just, it seems like their bench whose identity is defense. Didn't play any defense that game. Did you feel that same way? Uh, I, I did. And, and I'm going to extend that to the starters for that matter on this road stretch. Um, you know, usually uh, with the exception of KCP, I think KCP has been a bright spot on defense this entire road trip. You know, AG has looked tired to me the last several games. He's not cutting to the rim, not doing as much work down low as he, as he usually, as he ha- kind of has been uh, to start the season. And I, I think it really, I almost think it starts there. If if um, if I really step back and look at the Nuggets' offense without Murray, um, it's a little bit of a Jokic Gordon two man game, and Porter's kind of the outside guy that you kick to if the inside is clogged up. Um, and I'm, we're just not seeing that two-man game. And I'll come back to your question in a second, Jake, uh, about the bench. Sure. But, you know, with the Magic game and then, and then most recently with the Rockets game, uh, just no activity. Um, and you've got four guys on the floor that are standing and ball-watching and waiting for Jokic to make something happen. And Jokic can go and take over and score if he needs to, but we know that he likes to pass, and it seems like he's – just waiting for other guys to get involved. And then when they don't get involved, he has to take over. And so it's, um, uh, it's been one of those things where, where, um, you know, it's, it's an over-reliance on Jokic and then, uh, the offense eventually comes to a little bit of a halt or if they double up on Jokic, um, if the other team doubles up on Jokic and finds the way to slow him down, then we're really in trouble. And then coach, will typically bring in some bench guys and sprinkle in some different looks. Um, and they're just man, just not bringing a whole lot to the table. I mean, if you go look at a box score from, you know, a decent team around the league, you're going to have two or three bench guys on any given night that are going to bring you a 7, 8, 9, 10 points, go pull some boards down, and it'll be, you know, kind of an evenly distributed box score. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing ones and twos and threes and zeros. And so for yep. me, it's, you know, it's very alarming. I know it's hard to win on the road, um, but, but uh, something's definitely got to change here. You know, as far as uh, the lineups, the rotations, who we thought was maybe a good player, um, who, who is maybe really just not living up to the potential right now. And so I think you're spot on Jake, uh, as far as, as far as what the bench is doing or not doing for that matter. And it's maybe the major contributor as to why we run the skid right now. Yeah. When you, when you look at our fast break points, they're way down over this road trip. And to me, the bench is what contributes a lot of our fast break points. That's how they score. That's their, their bread and butter. And when they aren't getting to that, 
and getting into half court sets, our fast break points take a toll and then it's harder for them to play defense because they're missing shots and then they're constantly defending in transition too. The starters have gotten better at defending in transition, but you got a ton of young guys coming off your bench. Yeah. With, with, and one thing through this whole road trip that I would kind of criticize Malone for, I know he's reaching for something from his bench, but I have felt like he's probably switched up things too many times in too short of a span. He's given guys different minutes almost every single night in different rotations. And when it comes to younger players, like I think you can do that with veterans. Like if it was Bruce and Jeff, you know, I wouldn't, I'd feel fine regardless of how they play. They know what they have to do. But when we're talking about a second year player in Brown, basically three rookies and Strother, Pickett, and Watson, and then Najee, who's just been in and out of the rotation in past years always i feel like he hasn't we just haven't seen anybody develop a rhythm yeah and because we're in this constant state of oh god we gotta fix this we're not letting any time for them to be bad right now we're trying Mm -hmm. to find our solution a little bit too quickly um and so i felt like that kind of it didn't happen so much in the orlando game but in the rockets game malone switched up his rotation again and I didn't blame him. Kind of one of my notes from that Orlando game was that uh, Pickett played eight minutes. He had one rebound, no other stat. He missed some shots. And he went at it with Gary Harris a few times down the floor. Then your next game, you put in Gillespie, which, you know, I'm good for trying some things. But, you know, that indica- indicates to me that these guys don't have much of a runway to figure things out. And when they're young... It's messing with their head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and the clear the clear indicator of that to me is Peyton Watson, who we know can play basketball. But to your points, you know, some of these guys are getting sprinkled in and, um, you know, two, three, four minutes a game sometimes. Uh, and you just cannot develop any kind of rhythm with your teammates at that point. Uh, especially, you know, if you're a rookie trying to come off the bench and get more minutes, you're going to go in and try to make a splash. And a player making an individual making an individual splash on the court doesn't always translate to good team ball that wins games. Yep. Um, I can't blame somebody for doing that, but the team will suffer as a result. And so, you know, to your point, to put pick it in there for three minutes and expect any kind of meaningful stats or impact on the game. It's just, it's a little bit unfair for sure. I do think that the reason coach has been doing that on this, on this road skid, uh, and that's the only thing I can come up with as far as a name for this goes. But um, (laughs) I do think the reason he's doing that is he's wanting to find out which guys are going to bring it and bring the offense or not, not the offense, but bring the effort. Um, and And there have been areas where we're just flat out not seeing the effort. And so the coach is willing to say, um, Hey, if you're not going to bring it, I'm going to sit you and somebody else is going to get your minutes. Uh, And then we'll figure out impact on the game from there. And so, you know, I think it's a little bit of a wake up call. Um, Does it need to be distributed among the whole team to include starters at times? Absolutely. You know, we haven't seen the starters bring their a game or full effort, uh, you know, these last five, six games either. Um, It's coming, it's coming waves for sure. 
And, you know, this is the, this is the job of a coach and these things happen to teams. Every single team in the league goes through it. You know, the goal is to try to minimize the damage that it does to your record and to your team. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's sometimes an uphill battle and, uh, I think I've kind of spoken to it on some of our articles, but not every player is going to bring it every night. And that's just the reality of, of dealing with humans. And so, you know, coach has a tough job, especially with the shallowness of our bench at this point. Yeah. A lot of young guys. I mean, there's really your only other options for vets are Jordan and, uh, holiday, which mm-hmm. holiday saw some time in the Rockets game. Another thing too, that I'd like to touch on when we're talking about effort is, I, de- I praised Reggie Jackson for his defensive intensity early on in the season, and I feel like in this road trip he's probably regressed a little bit and gone a little bit back to kind of what he's known for. Um, and, you know, with some blow-bys here and there and just uh, not c- closing out properly either. And although his offense has been good in the majority of it, I do mm-hmm. feel like his defense has slipped and we've missed Murray there as well. Obviously, Murray's a much better offensive player, but I felt like Murray's defensive floor is something we miss a little bit here too because mm-hmm. the way the starting lineup structured is to switch one through four and to play at the level with Jokic and, and Jackson. You know, Murray's gotten really good at that scheme, and I think Jackson probably hustled his butt off for the first you know nine games of the season, and now you're starting to see him kind of regress a little bit. One thing I don't want to do is jump to too many conclusions while Murray's out. Obviously, that's the pain of this, right, is we can't really say, well, what do we do next? Because I think even Calvin Booth is probably thinking we need to get a good sample size with Murray back in there to see if 50%, 60% of the problem is just the lack of Murray. But even if it is the lack of Murray, what moves do we need to make, right? I mean, we might still need to because we can't, rely on one guy to determine, I mean, other than Jokic, to determine whether we're going to win any 50-50 games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would definitely be sitting in the, uh, you know, not in the back of my mind anymore, but moved up to the middle, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think there was an attitude of, hey, we got some good guys. We're going to be able to develop them. We'll be fine. And now we're kind of seeing, well... That may not what be what happens when you develop. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a long road, right? And sometimes you put in a ton of work and nothing happens. But that's just the, it's just how it goes, right, in professional sports. And so, yeah, now I think you know Calvin Booth's probably thinking, all right, well, I don't really know uh, what needs to be done, but something may need to be done. You know, it's we still have a long season left. We're still early in the season, but I don't, I just don't want to see, I don't want to see us lose all that really early season momentum that we had when we were firing on all cylinders. And, you know, and I don't, I really like the future of some of these guys and I want to see the the continued development that some of these guys uh, are going to get under Malone and his coaching staff too. So, you know, I'm not in like full give up mode. Let's rebuild the back end of this machine just yet, but it's definitely, um, definitely getting more important. Yeah. And like to your point earlier about the minutes, to really see what these guys got, I feel like we just need to give them extended runs. And look, we're, we've lost what four of our last five. Now you might as well 
give these guys a long runway to make mistakes. I know hindsight's 20-20. We've lost these games, so now it's easy to say. But if we were going to already lose them, we might as well give these guys long runways to say, okay, here's my actual good sample size of what this guy is, and now we can switch it up. But, I mean, going back to the Rockets game here on Friday where we got eliminated from the in-season tournament, the starter, I mean, Jokic played 42 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, Porter played 37. Gordon played 39. KCP played 39. Those are playoff minutes. Absolutely. Like level minutes, right? And yep. you see the, the when you look at the bench, you got Strother with basically six, Watson with five and a half, Najee with three and a half, Gillespie with three and a half, and then you got Holiday with 12 and Brown with 25. I mean, though that those three minute stretches, it's it's getting harder to tell who has what. These young guys' confidence is shaken, and obviously Malone's confidence in them is shaken as well if he's playing Jokic 42 minutes. Yeah, and and on the on the second night of a back to back like that, mm-hmm. or you know, not a second night of a back to back, but yeah, I know yeah, but but when a back to back's coming here on Sunday, it the last thing I want to see is more injuries, and that's what if you get into the habit of playing those minutes, you're going to see injuries. It's just inevitable. Yeah, and I I think Jokic is one of those guys where it's he wants to play and he wants to win. We all know that, but. uh uh, it is definitely one of those things where coach, you know, especially in this Rockets game, has just got to look down the bench and say, all right, you know, yeah, midway through the third when it was apparent that we just did not have what it took to beat Houston that night, even though we did make a little run at them. Um, yeah. You know, get, let the bench get into their flow and their rhythm of playing together because nothing more, nothing is more important than five guys on the floor that know how to play with each other. And, you know, I don't care. You could put five LeBrons out there, five MJs, five Bill Russells, et cetera. But a team that fires on all cylinders, you know, like when you watch us in the playoffs last year, that was just – it was beautiful basketball. So you got to give guys some time to come up to speed and get in a rhythm and, you know, know who's going to be where, who's going to do what. And, yeah, you know, if you look at the box score, like we were just talking about where – Gillespie has three minutes. Zeke gets four minutes. Peyton has six. Julian has six. I mean, it's just a tiny sample size. You just really can't evaluate their capabilities in such a small sample size um, in that game, I'd say. So it's tough. The, the Rockets was a blowout, and Brown was a minus two in that game. So mm-hmm. it's kind of odd there, but I kind of want to go through the bench and get your feel on whether they're, you know, whether your feeling towards them is trending up or down. Right. So mm-hmm. Brown is a really interesting one to touch on because he started off the season shaky, but we were winning and then he got better, but we're losing. And now, I mean, you have a night like the Rockets on Friday where he, he only has seven points. He's one of the two guys out of the, he has seven of the ten bench points, so he's the only one scoring. But he's also only at a minus two, which means he played a lot of minutes with the starters. Mm-hmm. He had twenty five minutes in that game. How would you evaluate Brown's season so far? And do you feel like it's trending in the right direction or not? Yeah, I think um, uh, you know the first the first ten games. I think we were not seeing much out of Christian, to be honest. 
uh, a lot of cardio, as they say in the, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of cardio. He's going to always give you that effort. He'll come up with a, he'll come up with some defensive stops, but there was much more to his game. And we saw glimpses of it last year. And I think, um, I can't pinpoint the game, but I think Christian had like two points, had a ton of minutes, but two points. And I want to say coach, you know, took that opportunity to go speak to him and say, look, you got to just step it up. We need more from you, especially on the offensive side. And since then, which is when this road trip started, unfortunately, um, I think Christian's been great. Um, I don't have his scores up in front of me, but, you know, it's been uh, 13, 15, 25, 13, uh, 7 in this last one, and, and then one other one where I think it was 11 or 12, which is an increase for Christian Brown. Uh, you usually don't get those kind of numbers out of him. So yeah. I think he's trending in the right direction. I think he's going to earn more minutes. Um, he's been aggressive. He's been shooting the three ball really well, which is yeah. I, just, I love seeing that out of him because because he is a threat to penetrate because he can get to the rack anytime he wants. When he hits the three ball well as well, I mean that you know it throws your defense through a loop for a loop at that point, and so he becomes yeah. a hard player to guard and match up against, especially coming off the bench for any average team on any, on any given night. And so I think Christian's been a bright spot. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And he's averaging nine and a half points a game on the season now. I think that 10 mark is pretty much perfect for him if he can stay consistent throughout the season and end around that number. Because you're also going to have Reggie on the bench eventually, who's also going to be around the 10 point per game mark. So if you can pencil those guys in for 20 points a game off the bench, you're already, you know, way ahead of where we are now. I would consider Brown a non tradable asset at this point. Would you agree? 100% agree. Okay. Um, kind of moving on to the next guy here. I got Strother, uh, who has been in and out of the rotation. We've seen him in one stint and then not another in some games. You know, obviously he started off the year shooting lights out of the ball, and now it's kind of come and gone. It's been in waves, but – Malone does like to stagger him with Jokic, which I think he's a good pairing on the floor. If you're going to take a Porter or KCP off the floor, I think he provides maybe not the same gravity, but a similar level of gravity as those guys. But his offense has been up and down, although I've liked his defensive effort. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing from Strother? Are you, are you high on him so far in the season? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I, – I, I don't – I don't really want to ding Strother for this this road skid at all. I don't think he's really contributed to those losses per se. Um, mm. um, he is, you know, he's got great length. Um, he's got active hands. He does disrupt passing lanes, and you see a lot of deflections on Strother. I'd love to see him at the glass more. Um, so I like what Strother's bringing to the table. I I think he's got to get more minutes sprinkled in with different kinds of players, perhaps blending them in with the starters a little bit. will give him some better looks. We know the guy can shoot. I think he, it's a little bit of a confidence thing, but I also think it's more of an opportunity thing and, 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 you know, to give him six, seven minutes a game and throw him in there at the worst moment possible is almost not fair to him. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, he just needs some more extended run at this point. I think he's, a somewhat valued asset. I don't know if he's first round pick valued, but he's a guy I kind of want to keep to see, you know, when we get to the end of this, I would like to talk any potential moves and who those might be involved with, but 
Strother is one of those guys that another team might really value him, and he might not be given enough to the Nuggets right now just from an experience standpoint. But I love his potential, and obviously his shot's great. But he needs to improve his, his rim game quite a bit. And I, I think he's done well on defense for a rookie. You know, yeah. he's he's had some bright moments for sure. Yeah. Uh, the next guy here in the rotation I want to talk about is Zeke Naji. He's a he's a hard one to really talk about with, you know, not only looking at it from the standpoint of this season, but the last few seasons. Right? He's about next year. He's going to be off of his rookie deal. Obviously, he signed that extension, which will pay him. I want to say off the top about eight million a year, which is a, a decent number for a backup big, but. We've seen Malone pull him pretty quickly in some of these games. We've seen AG at the five way more than we have we saw all of last season in the regular season. It was a thing a lot of people talked about, but we didn't see too much until the playoffs. And I felt like that's been a crutch to, you know, put Gordon in there for Najee. And once again, I just I don't like the inconsistent minutes with him. I'll just let him play through the mistakes, let him get beat up by bigger players so he can learn how to battle against them. And so my my uh, feeling on Najee is, is down right now. I don't feel like he's performing to the level that he should be. He's providing the right amount of effort. I think it's the actual skill and what he's been asked to do, which might not be the right things to ask him to do. But what are you, what are you thinking about yeah, Najee I, so far? Yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. Um there's this part of me that's incredibly frustrated with Zeke sometimes. Just he doesn't have great hands down low. Uh, there's a lot of plays where he should just be absolutely stuffing the ball, but he goes in for a soft layup and it gets blocked. Um, he gets the ball ripped from him quite often. Um, so there's these times where I get really frustrated with Zeke, and then there's other times where I'm saying, the guy's really a four that's been forced to play five. And so – you know, he's almost he's had to kind of relearn the game a little bit and to slide in behind Jokic. And when you're watching Nuggets basketball and you see Jokic on the floor as a center, and then you see Zeke, it, it, you're, it's almost always going to – he's almost always going to look – well, he is. He's going to be very inferior and very inferior looking in that position. And so I think – I mean, and I don't know uh, – you know, I, I, I would like to see – Zeke slid back down to the four sometimes and put on the floor with Jokic or with a DeAndre at the center position. And the reason I like that a little bit is number one, he, he was a four for most of his life. But secondly, he Zeke does a good job defensively on switches and he, he can shoot the three ball. And so for him to be out on the perimeter a little bit more as that kind of a threat, I think at this point, it's a worthy experiment. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. You know, if you put DeAndre out there, the other thing with that is you kind of take away their their switching defense of one through five that they've built the second unit around, mm-hmm. um, and that being their ident- uh, defensive identity. But at the same time, Zeke has proven to be almost a better perimeter defender than he has interior defender. So while you do have the switchability – he might, like you said, be taking away from one of his strengths because he's guarding the center so much. Mm-hmm. And he hustles so much, he gets a lot of – he doesn't get a lot of offensive rebounds, but he keeps a lot of plays alive. 
He does. And he doesn't always grab those, but that's because he's fighting with the big. When you put him at the four, suddenly you have guys that aren't boxing out the same way every center in the league is. Uh, you have smaller players, and I think kind of like how MPJ can kind of just swoop in and grab offensive rebounds ever since he came into the league. I think Najee might have that same nose for the ball. He just isn't in the same position. But I've liked his effort. It's really hard to say because I, I would hate for the Nuggets to trade for another backup center at this point right? because we've used so many assets to do that. And it might just be the Jokic effect where it doesn't matter who you have as your backup center. They might just never be good. And so it's it's hard to say what to do with him. His contract makes him probably untradeable for his production right now. Right. I don't know. I don't know if a team wants to take on three years, you know, 30 million or whatever um, the extension was. So uh, that one, that one's tough. But I think at the end of the day, since we did extend him, we just got to play him. You got to stop keeping him on short leashes and using Gordon as kind of your safety blanket for the backup center because that's going to do Gordon no good in the long run of the season. Yeah, and it's that's hard work. I mean, yeah, I think most people probably watch the basketball when they watch a basketball game, right, or where the ball's at and what plays are developing. But if you just take your eyes off for five minutes and just watch the paint – and watch what it's like to be a center in the NBA. It's <laughs> extremely difficult work. You get, you just get beat up like crazy. It takes a ton of energy, and you can see it actually when Gordon gets slid over to the five. Um, when he finally gets a minute to check out, he just looks exhausted. Right. You know, and, and and Gordon, as big and tough as he is, is actually he's undersized. Under, he's under he's an undersized center, right? When most of them are six eleven, seven foot nowadays, and so. You know, for Zeke um, to go in and do that same thing and have that same expectation for him, you know, I'm going to say it again, it's probably a little unfair. But I think we're going to see a lot of Zeke Najee for the next few years. I don't know if he's going anywhere. So uh, to go on to our next person here, uh, the one who I was most excited for off the bench this year is Peyton Watson. Yeah, And a little bit of controversy around him, seeing how much Calvin Booth praised him before the season and how Watson seems to just – sometimes he has those crazy defensive highlights where you're like, wow, like that guy can be something special. And then other games, and a lot of the most recent games, he just fades away. I don't even see him out there. And he's not giving you anything on offense really right now. I don't know if the ball isn't just finding him. You know, he's still very raw when it comes to playing in the half court, likes to dribble in the double teams and make moves where he doesn't really know where he's going, likes to turn the ball over, get blocked. So, and and that's what I expect from a guy. Like, Watson is a defensive upside player. He's your lottery ticket for an all-defensive player. He's not going to be a great offensive player for a while, but I felt like his defense even has fallen off and I just haven't seen, seen the same impact. And so that one's, he's really tough. Cause I really, I really don't want to let go of the, of the prospect of Peyton Watson, but we have a good enough sample size now to say he might not be a rotation player yet. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I, I know the kid can play basketball. 
you know, and we've seen glimpses, but that next step at the professional level is, can you do it when everybody's watching? Can you do it when it's important? Can you do it when it's crunch time? Uh, can you do it when the game's running full speed and two teams are, are, you know, like we saw in the magic game are at, are, you know, at playoff intensity as far as what it looks like. And, and that's the part that I think we're just missing from Peyton. He looks very hesitant on offense, you know, aside from the occasional aggressive tip in or tip dunk or offensive rebound, you know, he gets the ball wide open and you could see he's just, you know, double thinking like, should I shoot this or should I pass it? His three balls not falling whatsoever. And like you said, he often, because he hesitates, it gives the defenders time to come and close out. And then he dribbles, uh, dribbles into traffic. And so it's a struggle for him right now on the, on the defensive end, you know, he does because of his length and jumping ability, he does come in for the occasional big time crowd pleasing rejection where the ball gets thrown two state, uh, you know, two or three rows deep. And those are awesome. And I love them, but what I want to see is more work on the glass, proper boxing out. Um, usually he's on the floor with the bench, which means he's on the floor with Zeke, and Zeke needs help down there. And so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm discouraged by Peyton Watson's play, and I, you know, we've had him a while, and I think it's time to maybe let other guys uh, get some of those minutes. Yeah, and we'll get into Justin Holiday, who's that potential guy, here in a second. But just to wrap up, Peyton Watson. I don't know what he needs. He just might need more time. But, I mean, he's been on the team for a year and a half now or so. Mm-hmm. And kind of like what you said, he's kind of lacking some of the defensive fundamentals. He seems to be a decent defensive playmaker. But if you're giving up layups every other time and then blocking every other – like, you know, it, there's a balance to be had. And when guys are still blowing by him or taking advantage of him – for his lack of fundamentals, he can't always make up for it with playmaking because that's a lot harder to do. And I kind of think of a guy like like Gordon, to be honest. Gordon is a, obviously a really good defender. We just saw him shine in that role in the playoffs, guarding some of the best players. But I wouldn't even consider Gordon a defensive playmaker. He's more of just like really solid, always you know, doing what he needs to do to cut off guys and make life hard for guys, but he doesn't gamble a ton. He, you know, doesn't get beat and has to rely on blocks kind of the way Watson does. Totally. And, and I always think of, it was a few years ago, George Carl had said something about Gordon that he thought Gordon was the best defender coming out of college he had ever seen. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting because obviously he wasn't like super great with Orlando. He was known for being above average. And now that I see it, it's just Gordon just has those fundamentals. And Watson needs to build that into his game so that he can still take advantage of the defensive play making he can do, but stay on the floor. Because if he was just solid all the time and then mixed in some of that playmaking, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a different conversation about Watson right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, if you if you watch AG play defense, on any given night, he's going to guard the best player on the other team, unless it's a severe mismatch. And even then, sometimes he will get switched on to people and be forced to guard the best player on the other team. But AG is just so fundamentally defensively sound. It's it's incredible to watch. And 
you know, he I think he does his homework too, right? He's like a Jokic. He knows who he's going to be matching up against on any given night. Are they right-handed, left-handed? Do they go left? Do they go right? Do they finish at the rim? Do they stop and shoot? Um, and I think he knows those assignments religiously every night. And I think there's a lot of uh, off-the-court stuff that that some of these guys could be doing to, you know, to become better defenders and really fit into the system a little bit better. Yeah, that's curious to me because Calvin Booth praised Watson for having extremely high basketball IQ. And I've heard that too. Yep. Yeah, and I, I've seen it sometimes. Like I think, in in the offensive sets, I mean the the second unit is already behind the eight ball half the time, but he makes decent reads for a rookie. You know, he's not he's not Porter, right? His rookie year on the offensive end, like he has a little bit more feel to the game and, mm-hmm. and can think it a little bit more. But for a, for Calvin Booth to say this guy's, you know, a, a film junkie, he knows everyone's plays, all this stuff about his IQ and his knowledge about the game, it's just curious to me that he's not more fundamentally sound right now than what we're seeing. So potential That's guy good. we could see. Did you want to touch on that? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to – sound the alarm bells and make it seem like the nugget ship is sinking. Um, no, it's a tough, stretch. tough stretch, no doubt about it, but you know, let's, uh, let's, let's continue and see what's going to happen here. And like we said earlier, just keep giving these guys some minutes because we don't have a choice right now uh, mm-hmm. and see what the right combination is and what, you know, who's really going to step up to the plate and, you know, I think it's a merit system with Coach Malone, but I think it's uh, also an accountable merit system where if you're not the guy, you're not the guy, and you're going to slide to the back of the bench. Yeah, speaking of sliding, we might see Justin Holiday take some of those minutes. I'd almost rather Malone just do that and give Watson a reset. Uh, if he's going to go with Holiday, just stick with Holiday for a while because you know kind of what you're going to get from him and just let some of these guys calm down, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that's why you have Holiday in there. It's not to replace these guys. It's to, you know, rely on somebody who's been in the league for a long time that Holiday has been. I think – I don't really have a ton of thoughts on Holiday, to be quite honest. I think he's been solid. He doesn't stand out specifically good or bad. You know, he'll hit an occasional shot. I think he plays good defense, and obviously he kind of reminds me of Jeff Green, who – you know, at times would play really great defense and you realize, okay, he's a vet. He's been in the league so long. He knows all this stuff. But then at other times it kind of just fades away. You don't really see much of him. And I kind of feel a similar way to Holiday, although I think his effort level might be elevated from Jeff's last year. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see maybe Holiday not in there to replace these guys in the rotation necessarily, but just to give these guys a breather and, and just – have them refocus on their fundamentals than having to worry about playing in games, just, you know, even if it's for a smaller stretch, but that's my take. What, what do you yeah. think about holiday? No, I do too. I think, I think playing holiday more makes a ton of sense. He is a veteran. He is a guy that I think players will look to. And I think especially for someone like a Peyton Watson, like, you know, I would just be locked on holiday the entire game and just watch him and watch the work that he puts in the energy that he has and the ways that he can impact the team on the floor. Uh, Justin's not going to come in and all of a sudden, you know, shoot the lights out of the three ball. 
you know, nobody has that expectation of him, but he will come in and he'll fight for loose balls. He'll disrupt passing lanes. He's going to be all over the floor. Um, he's going to help on the offensive glass when he needs to as much as he can. Um, and then occasionally he's going to go drop a three or two and, uh, you know, make a couple easy layups as well. And so I think to your point, some guys just need to, you know, calm down. There's been a little bit of franticness. Oh my gosh, the starters are getting annihilated right now. They're dead tired. Throw the bench in and let's see if they can pull out a miracle. The miracle doesn't happen. Oh my gosh, the bench is terrible. And then all of a sudden you're caught in this vicious cycle. And so, um, yeah, I think the guys just going to, we're going to continue to get different looks. Um, there's going to be some different lineups. And I think the coach is willing to experiment a little bit further moving forward based on, based on this road, uh, road performance. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you have veterans so you can stay steady. And if they need to steady the ship a little bit, throw or throw holiday in there. So kind of getting towards the end here, cause we mm-hmm. don't have much more people that are in rotation, but, uh, guess to start with a guy that played on Friday, uh, Gillespie, obviously a two-way contract kind of guy. So obviously not tradable, not sure if he'll even be on the team next year, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Gillespie has been fine on, on offense and bad on defense, which to be honest, I, he's small and he's a rookie. So those two things are going to kind of bite you in the butt when you're playing a switch heavy second unit or playing as a switch heavy second unit although he has been staggered quite a bit with Jokic in the minutes he's played I think he has some floor general to him but you know to me right now from what I've seen especially on the defensive end you know I don't when it comes to young guys their offense comes and goes and some young guys are really great on offense and really bad on defense I care more about defense from young guys are they trying hard? Are they putting in the effort? Are they making good reads on defense? And if the offense struggles, then, you know, that is what it is. And it just kind of drives me nuts when I see Gillespie switched on a big player and then you just kind of know, like, he either got to help him or he's going to give up a bucket. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason right now, for me, I consider him kind of a fringe NBA player. He might be like a 14th, 15th guy right now. And I'm not very high on him. I, because of the two way, I just prefer not to see him play. I'd rather just have Pickett go through his mistakes. But uh, what are you thinking about Gillespie? I so I, it's been just a really small sample size. I think for me to to make a fair assessment on the offensive side, I think he is a great floor general. Um, I think he does have great basketball IQ. Um, he's a decent shooter. I think he runs a great two-man game in that sequence we saw bef- uh, of games before we started this road trip. Um, he, him and Jokic were running kind of a really nice two-man game for a little while, and, and that was encouraging to see. On the defensive side, you're, you're right. He's you know a little bit undersized at 6'1", um, and I think I think there's a little bit to learn uh, on the defensive side on, on where he needs to be position-wise and how he can defensively impact the game. But it's it's just such a hard uh, hard it's hard to hard to kind of judge where Colin Gillespie is going to fit in at this moment. I just don't know. I think he's really got to just watch Reggie Jackson and see how Reggie impacts the game, and I think that's a great place to learn from. I think he works well with Jokic, one because his IQ and he's he's a quick guard, 
you know, mm-hmm. Reggie, I wouldn't consider super quick. Um, and Pickett's definitely not quick. So, you know, seeing him come off screens, is that is a good bright spot for him. Uh, the other guy he's been fighting for minutes with is uh, Jalen Pickett, obviously on a, a multi-year contract with us in his rookie deal. And I've been kind of disappointed in Pickett this year as well so far. His minutes have been, like Gillespie, has been really sparse. Um, they even got played at the same time at one point, which I thought was a mistake. But, you know, with Pickett, his game coming out of college was very much all about him and how he positioned himself on the court and playing kind of the bully ball style. And he hasn't been really been able to do that. He's looked like he has a nice shot and I think his defensive IQ is, is pretty good for a rookie considering, but he kind of has similar problems as, as Gillespie, you know, he's a little bit undersized. So as a rookie, he's given up, you know, buckets that, uh, maybe you could avoid, and I feel like he's just played so damn timid. You know, when he does does get open, he doesn't always shoot it. He's not attacking as much. He seems like almost afraid to make a mistake, which to me, Pickett has the highest potential for being like a playmaker on the offensive end on that second unit, just based on how he played in college. So uh, I'm down on Pickett right now, but I. I just I don't know if they're asking him kind of like Najee. I don't know if they're asking him to do the things that are his strengths right now. Yeah, and I don't. Again, Pickett's another one of those guys for me that I and I've seen some negatives. I've also seen some positives, and I just don't know that I'm ready to make make a um, a generalization about Pickett just yet. Um, he does remind me of a little bit of Composo on the offense where mm. he dribbles the air out of the ball and he's so all over the place that the offense just they kind of get they kind of get chaotic at times. Uh, they don't know what he's going to do and oftentimes it makes the rhythm of the offense and the flow of the offense just be all over the place. And so that's a little bit frustrating. I think if he I think if you can slow that action down a little bit and just let him you know tell him to take a step back and read the floor and understand what he's working with on offense. Um, you know, I know he's a good guard and, and, and I've been very pleased with his shot, both his two and his three ball have been, you know, he's been shooting the ball pretty well. And so, um, I just think there's a little bit of learning that needs to happen there. I think getting on the floor with somebody like Jokic, where you do, uh, you are forced to slow down a little bit and analyze and understand where you're going to attack weaknesses on the defense, um, could be advantageous for somebody like Pickett, but. You know, when we're losing like this and everybody's a little bit frantic, it just you just don't get a fair shot. And so um, on the defensive side, I really like Pickett. He's incredibly active, works through screens really well. I think he knows his personnel and, know, and knows that I've kind of watched Pickett. You know, if he's, if he's guarding a shooter, he will get over the top on a screen and chase that person off the line, whereas many guys who just aren't really paying attention to stuff like that and those details – They'll get buried in the screen or try to go underneath it and get cooked. Yeah, I, I really like uh, some things that Pickett's brought to the table. He just needs to get more minutes and better minutes yeah. at that. Too. Yeah, I think he just he does need more minutes, and that's why I've wanted to see him over Gillespie just because we got him on a few-year deal. I'd rather him play through mistakes mm-hmm. now than next year, for example, because um, we don't know what the roster will look like then. But that kind of does it for our rotation. I would like to 
give an honorable shout out to Vlatko Chanchar, who we miss a lot right now. He would be a great guy to put on this bench unit and just oh, man. steady some things. And um, I'm I'm glad they haven't cut him yet. You know, that shows me he's making progress and they might be looking to keep him next year. He has a team option on his deal. So I don't know if he'll be the same player, of course, but I do miss Flacco quite a bit. I think he'd, he's kind of that playmaker and that guy that ties things together that they need right now, uh, especially in the half court offense. So, um, yeah, I'm no one else has really played. I'm glad to give Chanchar a shout out. He's, he's been with the team a while, works his yeah. tail off, is a darn good basketball player. And if you remember to last year, when we were getting into December and January, well. you know, the dog days of basketball, if you want to call it that, Chantrop was getting tons of minutes, and he was impactful, and he was great defensively. He was, a, um, you know, shooting the lights out of the three ball and really helping yeah. us. And so I, I miss that. I miss that veteran presence, and Chantrop would be helpful. I hope he's back soon. I've been uh, seeing him on the sidelines on his bicycle, exercising and moving a little bit. So uh, my fingers are crossed for him. Yeah, I think he's rolled out for the season currently, but is, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe you never know towards the end, but probably not. Um, he's one of those guys that I wouldn't mind him being on the Nuggets for the next 10 years, even if he never plays a minute. Yep. Um, just because you know you got him there. Um, he's a great 15th man at worst. Yeah, that's pretty much it for our rotation. We are running a little bit long here. I did want to just kind of do a quick preview of the Spurs game. We don't got to get any details. Obviously got Wimby coming to town, but uh, are there any changes you hope to see for this next game specifically with the bench unit? Cause obviously the starters aren't really going to change. Yeah. The one that comes to me, um, there's really two things for me. I'd like to see some more experimentation with Najee. I want to see him slid over to the floor um, along with the big center on the floor. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's a worthy experiment. Um, the other thing that I want to see is uh, I would love to see Hunter Tyson get more of Peyton Watson's minutes. Is that just for the offense that you're kind of looking for, or what yeah, is what is know, the reason behind that? You know, defense too. Hunter Tyson's um, hmm. he's he's a he's long defensively, and if you obviously preseason is not an incredibly telling story all the time, but. Of what we got to see from Hunter Tyson, um, he ran the floor, and defensively he was a pretty good player. He's one of those guys that, again, it's going to disrupt passing lanes. You're going to get a lot of deflections from him, um, and he's very active on the glass. And so I would like to see that switch too and just, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not throwing Peyton Watson out at this point, but um, I want to see some I want to see some more experimentation done. And get some of the and get some of these guys developed a little bit further too. We're gonna need them. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, to draft three guys in the shadow of a championship is uh pretty kind of kind of crazy. But with Tyson, I think it's not a bad idea. Um, he's a guy that is like a hustle guy, right? And Watson's been a hustle guy, and then it seemed like it's waned. He's relied more on his talent than maybe he's just pure energy guy. And Tyson's kind of like Najee to me, or even Brown, where they're just going 100 miles an hour all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that being impactful. Um, I think the Spurs is a good spot to, even though I just complained about so much exper experimentation, like stick to something for a few games, <laughs> the yeah. Spurs is a good spot to try some things. It's a young team. Their second unit's going to be weaker. 
you really only got like Malachi uh, Branham is the only real true scorer coming off their bench. So just kind of got to hone in on him and yeah, try some things out. Cause if we lose this one, uh, that would be pretty bad in my opinion, yeah. uh, being a home game, but going into the Spurs game, I'm really looking forward to seeing Wembenyama, obviously, just because we're going to see him for a few years. Mm-hmm. And we we don't know how quickly they're going to become good, but I remember when Doncic got drafted, everybody was like, yeah, he's great. And now it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to see Doncic in the playoffs. And so I kind of look at Wemby similarly where maybe not right away. He's not like a huge threat. But when I'm looking at a dynasty by the Nuggets, that's a guy I look at I'm like, that's a tough guard for the Nuggets if he develops. Um, and I really just want to see an early sample size of, I think probably Gordon would match up on him. I don't know if you agree with that because they got Collins starting at the five, technically speaking. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that weird to have a seven foot four forward? You um, know, he's so skinny. He's kind of like, yeah, uh, I think maybe they're trying to avoid injury too, but go ahead. That's possible. Yeah. Um, um, but he is, he's wicked talented and, you know, he handles the ball at seven foot four, like a guard. And so, uh, you know, and he shoots the three ball. Uh, he can take two steps from, from the three point line and dunk the ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, when we get to play teams like this and they, there's, you get to see players like Wimbanyama, it's, I just, I like to take it for what it's worth and just, enjoy it and enjoy watching guys like that um just you know kind of be kind of be special talents that the nba has and you know even though the spurs aren't aren't very good at all they've only won three games um yeah you know i want to go in and spank them don't get me wrong um but i also want to see also i want to see women have a decent game and really you know find out from the nuggets who's who's going to step up and stop some of these guys and I really look forward to when Wemanyama guards Jokic in the post. Oh, yeah. I really, I, I, you know, I think now he, any game against a rookie is I always call it uh, Jokic's baptizing game where he just gives him the business. <laughs> and I don't think Wemanyama will be on him quite up that much. But this is kind of similar to how Minnesota and Cleveland plays us. Is Wemanyama is probably the might be the best roamer in the league as a rookie right now with his length and how smart he is on the defensive end already. And so that one is one where I look like is, is that Jokic's kryptonite when you got a seven foot four monster that's rotating from the corner at you and can block a hook shot when coming from across the paint, you know, that's, that's what worries me. So I'm just really excited to get this, this first sample size of playing against them and, Uh, see how he he matches up against uh, Nuggets physicality if they decide to play physical because we can be a pretty physical team at times. But yeah, any other final thoughts? No, I think we got uh, you know we got Spurs tomorrow at six p.m. Um, we need to bounce back. I full I expect full effort at home from the Nuggets. Um, you know we're still undefeated at home, so I, I, I expect the Nuggets to step up to that standard now. Yeah, if we're gonna lose every game on the road, we better win every game at home so right. yeah <laughs> yeah i i haven't looked at the standings where they probably look like a disaster right now but yeah we've anyways slowed down that's for sure yeah <laughs> i'm sure we'll get back up but very excited for this game 
I'm sure we'll have probably a pot on Tuesday is what I'm looking at since there is a back-to-back. But as always, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast by the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. You can visit all of our content on RockyMountainSN.com. And thanks, Glenn, for another great show. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Go Nuggets.